world. It's your Passverse point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Available wherever you get podcasts, uh, usually every day of the week, but during this August month, we're down to three days and we're having long interviews. And today, or this week, rather, Sean Hyken author and owner of the Rose Garden Report, a newsletter coming to your inbox that also has a podcast component, is joining the program. Independent reporting, covering the Portland Trailblazers. Sean, how you doing? Doing all right, man. How about you? I am. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Um, I'm I'm thankful to have your time. You're, you've, I think you've done a really wonderful job adding context and nuance to all of the, uh, we'll call it drama for lack of a better term, but um, all of the stuff surrounding the Trailblazers this summer. I think you've done a really good job just like giving good context to folks. And so if, if folks aren't subscribed to the Rose Garden Report, go get yourself some context, like become smarter about how it works. Sean does a really good job with it. Um, I wanted to. I want to kind of talk about that today, but before we dive into the specifics of memos and patience and leverage and all that buzzwords, I just want to ask you, because you've kind of written about this recently, why do you think the roster looks the way it does? The Blazers have just 12 players under contract. Um, they are, even with Damian Lillard on the roster, basically the youngest team in the NBA. Why are they, why are we here in August, as opposed to maybe further along sort of roster construction. My understanding is that just everything is on hold until the other thing gets taken care of. That's kind that's kind of where they where where it's at because like you don't wanna I think I think the way that they're thinking about it is, you know, there are guys that they may want to trade for or I, there's not much left on the free agent market, but there might be guys that they want to sign. But like for example, just because it's the one name that's been actually linked but eddie tavares the guy from uh real madrid who's a center of seven foot three that's somebody that they would like to sign but what if two front court players come back in the dame trade and sometime and you know at some point that's not an area of need anymore then maybe you know if you've already done that or you've already like used the mid-level exception and hard capped yourself i think they're just from from what i've heard in conversations that i've had Everything is just like they're going to fill out the rest of the roster eventually. It's just everything right now is on hold until the Dame stuff gets sorted out and you see what comes back in the trade as far as players and then what's a position of need and then you kind of go from there. That's kind of where they're approaching it right now. Yeah, that, that makes sense to some extent. I don't think they're going to use the mid-level exception. I mean, they might have to oh, use no. a, a portion of it, but like they sat out that part of. They're not going to. They're not going to. They're also not going to. There's nobody left on the market that's worth hard capping themselves over either. What they're not going to give PJ Washington as much money as he can possibly handle, or whatever. <laughs> I guess the, the, the he actually would be matches. the worst guy in the world to. He would be the worst guy in the world to legitimate target for him. But if they even at the full mid level, the Hornets will match and Probably. they will I not would, have it. Yeah, I would um, think so. so. So, yeah, so they're, they're on hold. Um, obviously, you mentioned Eddie Tavares. They're really light in the front court. Like mm -hmm. they are. Um, their backup center is probably Jabari Walker right now. Or backup power forward is probably Jabari Walker right now. Their backup center is like Ibu Baji. Never played in Jeremy, an NBA game. He's a two-way guy. Or, or Jeremy Grant, right? Like it's but but Baji is like the only other like center-sized person that's even Seven under footer, yeah. under employ. Um, I don't think and 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 you correct me if you if you if you disagree, but like I don't think they can go into the year like that. Like like you said, they have to do something at some point with some minimum contracts just to like be comp more competitive. I would assume. Well, it's not even just more competitive. It's right now they have. 
because they just waived uh, Nate Williams last week. Yeah. They now have 12 players under contract, not counting two-way guys. You have to carry 14 during the season. So at, a, at the very least, they have to, just, just to get to league minimum rules about yeah. rosters, like how many players you have to have under contract, they have to sign two more guys. And I would think that at least, I mean, you can go over the list if you want of like which centers might be available for the veterans. Minimum. They're all bad. I, if, I the, actually t- assume... if the Tavares thing doesn't work out, that's like the one guy that might be more than that if he's as good as they think he's going to be. But it's really like you're 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 really looking at like I don't even have the names in front of me, but like are you gonna bring Hassan Whiteside back? Are you gonna like that yeah, that's like Yeah, it's Bismack Biombo, it's yeah, Olivier Sar. That's, Sarr, like, that's like yeah, the type of names you're looking at. It's minimum guys. Like they're gonna if I had to guess, they use they don't they sign folks to minimum contracts to fill right. this thing yeah, out yeah, yeah. one way totally. or another. Um that's Almost certainly, regardless of what happens with Dame, even if we assume that Dame is around, um, which we could talk about in moments, like uh, they're going to fill out, um, they're going to fill out the roster with with minimum guys. And the, it's August. The big yeah. spending has the big spending has passed. Uh, just for context for listeners, um, there the Blazers are currently the only team in the NBA not carrying at least thirteen guaranteed contracts. There are six other teams or five other teams, including the Blazers, who only have thirteen, um, including uh, the Miami Heat for whatever reason, hard to know why. Um, and the Golden State Warriors, like teams that are really expensive and kind of like will f- figure out they're only going to carry fourteen anyway, so they're going to. F- get that spot in training camp 24 of the 30 teams have at least 14 and seven nba teams more than more excuse me nine nba teams have more than the more than the max right now so like some teams are carrying a bunch okc famously was briefly carrying 21 guaranteed right. contracts um so like it is a little rare what the blazers are doing it is a little bit a little is a little bit odd it's not like insane and like should they shouldn't we can't we shouldn't take them to jail or whatever but it is noteworthy that we're this deep into the offseason and it's like hey why is it unfinished and to me my read on it is it's unfinished because they they do anticipate some sort of resolution with the Damian Lillard thing however I will say if anyone in the market has pushed back against the idea that a resolution is coming soon it's probably the person right here on the podcast opposite me on the YouTube screen. If you're watching there, Sean Hyken, I don't know if you've been super aggressive, but you have you have written a, about the Blazers' willingness to be patient. How much do you, um, you know, as we as we get deeper, I don't think there's much reason to do anything in August necessarily, but as we get deeper, how much do you buy their willingness to truly be patient and begin the season with Damian Lillard on the roster? I think they would like for this to be resolved before training camp starts so that they can know what direction that they're going in. But I also don't think they feel like when it gets to the week before training camp, we have to just take the best deal week that is there, even if it's this Miami offer that we don't think is very good just to have some, like, I think they, if the version of the Miami deal that's out there is still the best thing they have, and they think that by taking it into the season, even though it'll be a little bit awkward in camp and it'll be awkward potentially the first part of the season, is a is a they have a chance to get something of higher value than that, be it from Miami or from somebody else. Then I think mysteries, yeah, mystery second team, yeah, right. Like I even and that could be either. And I've talked about this before. Like right now, like I mean, the, like the, so, like the Tyler Hero thing is like a big part of like this whole conversation and now like 
whenever there's an anonymous report that like XT might be interested in Tyler Hero, I have the, you know, the people that come to me, like the Heat fans are like, but you said nobody wants Tyler Hero. I never said nobody wants Tyler Hero. There are teams that would take Tyler Hero and be happy to tab Tyler Hero. There are not teams that are willing to give up real stuff for Tyler Hero. They would take him and facilitate a trade if all they had to give up was like a protected first round pick, which Portland, I think. Yeah, a couple seconds in salary. Yeah, 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 exactly. But let's say Tyler Hero balls out to start the year and then suddenly some of these teams are looking around like, hey, maybe we should add this guy and give up real stuff. That would be a way that it could, you know, it could get done with Miami during the season. Or I think what Portland would be hoping for here would be a team that we're not thinking about right now starts off the year a little bit better than expected and they get into December and January and say, hey, we didn't think we were going to contend. We might actually have a chance to contend. Screw it. Let's go get Dame and give up a bunch of stuff for Dame and then and then something can get done that way. I think if the you know, general vicinity of like what the offer is from Miami is still kind of what's being reported out there right now. I don't think they are against taking it into camp rather than just taking that. I want to ask about the Miami offer and, and sort of um, how far they're willing to go in the second segment. (laughs) Join Sean and I there. Won't you? Today's show is brought to you by Ibotta. Look, you're going to be out there buying stuff. That's how life works. So why not, when you're out there buying stuff, spending money, you get a little cash back while you do it. Enter Ibotta, the place that gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter where you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire grocery trip. It could upgrade your seat to a a nicer spot on the airplane. You could take yourself out to a fancy dinner. Other apps are going to give you points that don't really amount to much. But with Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, cash out to PayPal, cash out to a gift card, whatever you want to do with it. And you can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers too. So when you get started with Ibotta, you can start earning cash back from Lowe's, from Macy's, from Sephora, from Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering my listeners $5.00. Just for trying the just for trying the service when you use the code locked when you register. So download Ibotta at the App Store or on Google Play and download the free app and use the code lock. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use that code locked. All right, still chatting with Sean Hyken of Rose Garden Report. You mentioned in the last segment, Sean, that that the Blazers would be, you know, at least some, you know, they might like a resolution, but they're not willing to take the offer that's out there. Uh, from the Miami Heat specifically. If the Miami Heat put it all on the table, uh, and that would be, you know, realigning the pick that they owe to OKC so they could give away three of their own picks, some pick swaps. I believe they can trade two second rounders right now because they've given a lot of those away in their approach to team building. Plus uh, Nikolajovic, plus Jaime Jaquez, plus Tyler Hero to make the money work. Is that enough? Like, is the best version of the Miami deal enough? Are we just, is it because there seems to be some reporting that Miami refuses to put all of their assets on the table because they know that they're the only one in the sort of, it's not even negotiating room in the negotiating sphere in the large sphere that includes negotiating teams. Do you think the best version of the Miami deal is enough to get it done? If that were to, if that comes up, I don't think it is. You don't, Hmm. I don't. I mean, I think, I think if, 
again, this goes back to the hero thing. If there was a team that was willing to put real, so I think I think to me the issue with, and at least from what I understand, what the issue is from you know the Portland end of it is, there's not the thing in the trade, and I'm sure right. you know I know you you've talked about this ad nauseum. We all have because we're all talking about the same stuff on our various shows because this is kind of what there is to talk about. But just about every one of these deals for a star of this caliber there's a thing that's like the thing that's the centerpiece of of the trade like with the anthony davis trade with the lakers it was brandon ingram with the uh with the brooklyn uh phoenix kd trade it was mikhail bridges it's like there's there's usually a thing and like with whether it's even if it's like i don't know let's say utah were to i don't i do not have reporting that utah is interested in trading for damian lillard but if utah wanted to get in the mix those Minnesota picks that are actually like have a lot of upside as as potentially being high draft picks that could qualify as like there there has to be there there has to be like I mean you you can offer like a collection of stuff and like you can get to like a number of picks that Miami can get to with lifting the protections or whatever but if none of those things are really very high upside assets and you know I don't know you know how high upside those Miami picks that are in like 28 and 20 and 2030 are going to be Yeah, like the, the 2030 pick could be really good, but it also is in 2030. Like a, it's, it's in 2030 B like, yes, that's going to be when Dame and Jimmy will have aged out. But Miami is always one of the teams that's in the mix to get whoever the next guy is that wants to. But, but even if you were to assume like it's the 10th pick in the draft, right? Cause they struggle, they have a down year and, and whatever. Sure. That is appealing, right? That's a, that in and of itself is appealing. But that's a seventh grade kid. Like it's a seventh that, grade it, kid. And if there's ever an if there is an organization that you want to bet on ever being in the lottery in any given year, Miami is not the one. Miami has been in the lottery six times in the twenty eight years that Pat Riley has been a part of the organization. So Well, Pat Riley's also seventy eight. You could you're in some ways betting that Pat Riley will be around in the eighties. But they have like they, they have such a rock solid like su- succession plan with like Andy Simon and Andy Ellisberg, and like I would think at some point Spo is gonna Oh yeah I, step away from coaching and move into like what right, but what what I'm saying is that it's not like, oh, as soon as Pat Riley's gone, suddenly they're gonna be run like the Lakers are run now after Jerry Buss died. Like that's I don't think that's <laughs> I don't think that's... Hey, the Lakers are competent again. They only had a decade of being mostly incompetent to get back. Um, but like, yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I don't think those... I don't want to say that those picks are like good. I'm just saying that there is some there is some appeal. The further away picks have some natural appeal because of the age of the roster and, and Pat Riley and all that stuff. Um, but it's not like... A, the centerpiece of the trade is not going to be the 2028 unprotected pick from the Miami heat. That ain't it. That is not how this works. So I'm with you. Don't get me wrong. You have to get all that stuff. If you're, if you're Portland and you're making a deal with Miami, just to save face on it publicly, you have to take everything you have to, you have to make it so that their roster is as top heavy as what Phoenix is now, where it's Dame, Jimmy, Bam, and then the rest of the roster is literally just vet men guys. I have no idea if Nikola Jovich is good or not, but you, you have to take that. You have to take him. And I, I do I do know that I've that they really like Jaime Hawkes when he worked out here before the draft. Apparently he killed his workout. So I think that is somebody that if it were to come to it, they would be interested in. But I also is he enough? I mean, they'd say they throw out like, oh, he's a young player. He's basically a first round pick because he hasn't played in the NBA yet. Does he have enough upside that he can be like the you know the, the the centerpiece young player, I don't think he does. But 
Yeah, I don't think people. I don't think people view him as much. Even That's... people in the Heat, I've t- I, I know people in that uh, front office, maybe a little bit at the lower levels than like like the Pat Riley, Andy Ellisberg start. But like even even like people within the Heat organization acknowledge, like yeah, he's a Heat culture guy. He's a win now, you know, you know, older, you know, college player. Like he's that type of guy. But like even they don't think, oh, he's going to be a future All Star. Which if you're getting right. a, a quote unquote young player as the centerpiece of a trade like this, you want it to be like a Lowry Markinen or a Mikhail Bridges or somebody like, you know, you want it to be somebody with a little bit more upside than that. I, I wonder, and you mentioned this here, you mentioned saving face. Mm-hmm. How much of this, how much of that matters to Portland? How much of that matters to the Blazers? How much of this is, how much of this is an optics thing where it's like, we don't want to appear like we are giving Dame away. I think that's enormously important because if you're Joe Cronin, like I I think right now he's fine, but I with the Blazers ownership situation being as up in the air as it is, you know, he doesn't have the most job security in the world and if he makes a trade involving Damian Lillard that is seen as kind of on the level of you know the Pau Gasol Memphis trade was at the time. I know Marc Gasol was in that trade, but he was a throw-in at the time. You can't like say that. He was record. MVP of the Spanish League. He he was good, and he was good. He was a deep second round pick. He though. was like, still he, thought that of as was a the, throw-in. In the that game. was the summer. He, that was the summer Gasol took off. So they they really wanted him in that deal. But yes, at the time, certainly it wasn't if, like ooh, but they're getting Marc Gasol. The, it was the like point, they're getting this kid who might be good. The point being. If Joe makes a deal that people look at and say, wow, that was like the lowest value star trade that, you know, we've seen in a long time, that's that might be his career as an executive. And I mean, I I like there's like there's this idea that is kind of being floated from like obviously from the Miami perspective that like Joe Cronin is being petty and he is in his feelings about not wanting to trade Dame to Miami because that's where he wants to go and he just want doesn't want to trade him there because he's you know salty that he wants a trade i don't think that's the case we have seen that happen before because remember when Kawhi leonard wanted to be traded he only wanted to go to the lakers and the spurs basically went out of their way to say we are not trading you to the lakers we will trade him right. anywhere else even if we get less back than we would have gotten for the lakers just to not trade him to the lakers i think portland would be happy to trade him to miami if Miami can come up with better stuff to trade. And that, yeah. I, I, I don't, I, I think that, you know, Joe has talked about this before. Like he talked about this after the CJ trade where they had different options for, you know, I had a few different offers and they viewed the offers as like relatively equivalent. And they went to CJ and said, you know, which of these teams would you rather go to? And out of the options, CJ said New Orleans. And so that was the deal that they ended up making. I believe the same thing happened with Josh Hart. They had a couple of different offers and he wanted to go to New York over some of the other teams that were making offers. And so that was where they sent him. I think they would be happy to, you know, have this be a happy resolution for everybody where Dame gets to go where he wants to go. And Portland gets enough back to really set themselves up for the future. The problem is that as of right now, Miami can't offer enough for Portland to feel like they aren't giving up the franchise's all-time leading scorer for pennies on the dollar, which is why this is going to have to, you know, again, it's going to take some time. It's going to have to involve a third or fourth team. And, you know, there's going to have to be some creativity going on. I And I don't know if, as of right now, again, we're recording this on, what, August 2nd? Yeah. Uh, 
as of right now, that deal is not out there, but we still have two months to go before training camp. I would have to think that whether a deal gets done before camp or not, I would have to think that there are going to be zero talks before training camp. Like there will at least be some stuff floated around about like, oh, this could be possible or this team could get involved as a facilitator. Like, but there's really not, there, there, there's, they, my point basically is that there's nothing for Portland to gain by just doing a deal right now that they don't love just to get yeah. it over with. Like they Portland Portland doesn't have a, a like look in the mirror moment until the week of training camp when they decide, okay, what do we what do we want to do? What do we want right. to do? Right. And if they're comfortable with it, they can move forward and take Damon to camp and like do whatever. But in that uh media day's October second. It's like Yeah. Uh you know the That's September, exactly two months from now. Yeah. So September twenty fifth or whatever, it's like okay, what do we want to do? And you can have that conversation and you can decide, you know, what, what you value and what, and what's on the table and those things. But there's no pressure to do a single thing in August. Like it doesn't, it, there's no value for them. Like you said, no. there's no value. Um, no. I want to ask you how this ends. A prediction, a guess, a, a guesstimate. Uh, we'll, we'll do that to close the show. Join us in that third segment, won't you? Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked On Blazers. Still chatting with Sean Hyken, author and owner of the Rose Garden Report. Get it in your inbox by subscribing. It also has a podcast component available wherever you get podcasts. Um, so I think one of the challenges for me in covering this often in this space yeah. um, is that I don't see the unicorn. I don't necessarily see another team that swoops in because the sort of the, the, the usual suspects either have a point guard or just have even a worse package than the Miami, Heat. Right. <laughs> which, which uh, like shout Philly. out to Philly. Yeah. Philly and, and Philly has a similar issue with Tyrese Maxey. The, the best thing they could give up duplicates a lot of what the Blazers have. Right. Um, uh, the Clippers always willing to spend could use a point guard, whatever. It would be really funny to see either. Yeah. They don't have stuff. Neither of those teams have draft picks. Um, it seems like Brooklyn isn't interested. Uh, they were, the, they were a team that, that could have maybe been involved, but I, I, I think they're, that's just not what they're doing right now. Maybe they'll do it in the future, but it's not the what they're Knicks doing right have now. Stuff, but like Jalen Brunson and Dame, they just paid Jalen Brunson. Like, yeah. yeah. And I, I think, I think the Lakers two years ago, prior to the Russell Westbrook thing, the Lakers been use a- all their stuff to on these other trades. They don't have anything either. Yeah, they did. And so like, those are the sort of the usual suspects. So it's going to take a team that we don't see. Sean mentioned Utah. Um, I think that's a name that people float out there because they have a bunch of picks and they're also run by Danny Ainge and they're, um, they're somewhere between good and bad. Toronto's interesting to me. Yeah. And Toronto could, could make the package, but it's like, what is, what if they wanted to put, if Toronto wanted to put Scotty Barnes on the table, that's instantly the best centerpiece. They probably, they probably asked for three Damian Lords in exchange for Scotty Barnes. (laughs) You're probably right about that. (laughs) But so, so that's one of my problems when I'm doing this is like, I want to say like, I agree the Miami Heat deal is underwhelming. I agree that it's not commensurate with other recent star packages, although Dame's situation is unique. Um, his age, his size, the money owed to him in the back half of the contract, it's unique. It's it's not it's not comparable to Donovan Mitchell, in my opinion. It's not really comparable to Kevin Durant, although those are big star deals that have gone down in recent summers that are worth at least considering. So while I have kind of stumbled through those things, Sean, over the last how long we've been doing this? Uh 
um, a month since the trade demand, but you know, two months since since the season ended, two and a half months. I kind of have been thinking that it ends in Miami. That's been my guess, is that it ends with Dame getting traded Miami one way or another, likely a multi-team deal. Somebody coughs up a first-round pick for Tyler Hero, and it happens. What is your guess? And this is this this educated whatever. What is your first week of August guess for how this gets resolved? I think he ends up in Miami eventually, but I think eventually might be December or January. I don't think okay. it's... I don't think teams are going to become more willing to give up real stuff as a third team before the season starts. I think we get into the season, teams look at what they need. Maybe Tyler Hero is more of a need for somebody or Duncan Robinson or whatever the case may be. Somebody is more of a need for a third or fourth team at that point, or somebody has an injury and decides, oh, let's go get Tyler Hero or, or, or something. And the deal becomes more palatable then as far as like the other assets that could be put in. I think I think it goes into the season, but I do think it ends there. Yeah. But that's I, just a I, guess. I'm not that is not reporting. There is there has I'm doing I'm doing the Brian Windhorse, please don't aggregate this thing because I've been getting aggregated a lot lately. There have been no talks really about anything right now. All the stuff that you've heard about how there's really no traction, that's consistent with what I've heard. This is not source on like oh yeah they're gonna get something done with miami and this x team taking tyler hero and giving up x this is just my own prediction it could very easily be wrong my predictions often are wrong <laughs> uh yeah well he, okay i've got a list of all the time sean was wrong we're gonna pull them up to close the show uh no <laughs> uh no I, being wrong and admitting you're wrong is one of the best parts of this job um it, we don't have the same job <laughs> i'm a hobbyist um uh i think that what I something you mentioned there that I want to touch on, I, I think it's important. It is more likely that a team is becomes more interested in Tyler Hero and that facilitates the trade than a team becomes more interested in Damian Lillard and then that and he ends up in above another spot. I, I think that is that is a hundred percent my read on the market is that there um, is that the thing that greases the wheels is interest in the Miami parts, not. Um, unicorn team, not Masai Ujiri coming in and saying, how about Scotty Barnes and some stuff, which the Blazers would, should, would likely and should probably leap at. I think they would say to yes table. to that today if that yeah, was. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the, the other thing I am sort of generally curious about, I don't think the Blazers and Heat necessarily need to get into the room to negotiate. Like I know you've reported that there haven't been really substantive talks a couple in a couple different spots, um, including places that I saw you aggregated, and then I had to go check my email inbox to make sure that it was right. Um, I was like, did John actually write this, uh, or is this just something that's on the internet? They um, love they 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 love the the Miami. One thing I find I've learned in the last month and a half is that Miami fans love scraping every single portland podcast and finding any mention of dame even if there's nothing new in it and just yeah, damien lord clip. yeah yeah damien lord has got me aggregated also and i am i'm certainly not someone uh, reporting on the team on a daily basis i mean i am but in a different capacity right, i sure. myself am an aggregator um it is it it's hmm what i basically it's like because there's been no substantive talks, like my read on is they don't really need to talk. If me and you kind of know what the deal is, so yeah. do they. What needs to happen is, and like maybe I'll just put a fine point on it. Aaron Goodwin needs to find a place for Tyler Hero to get traded. Like I, th I think that's 
that's how this works based like that's is that the the person facilitating the trade most aggressively is Damian Lord's agent, Aaron Goodwin. And it's the onus in a lot of ways is on him to find a palatable landing spot for Tyler hero. And that's what gets this done. And, and my read, and I'm, I'm, I am speculating here to be clear. Um, and if you want to clip this part out of your aggregation, that's fine. But I'm speculating here to be clear. Like, I don't think Joe Cronin and, and, and the Miami brass need to get into a room and like hash it out. They, both sides kind of know what the deal is. What, what's your read on that? I would agree with that. And I I think if you're Portland, you have the guy that the other team wants. So And the price is the price. And so it's kind of on the other team that wants the guy to find a way to meet the price, whatever the price is. Like, I, I see a lot of, like, whenever one of the Miami reporters tweets out that, like, Portland has not been motivated to negotiate. I see all their replies that are like, yeah, Joe Cronin doesn't want to do his job and help facilitate. It's like, it's not Joe's job to trade Dame to Miami just because Dame wants to be traded to Miami. It's, you know, he, he, if he'll do it, if there's a deal that makes sense for him and for the organization, but you know, if it's kind of up to Miami to get the stuff that they would need in order to make Portland feel good about doing the deal. And if Aaron Goodwin wants to, you know, go out on his own and call teams and say, hey, what would you give for Tyler Hero? Or what would you give for, like, it's not, and I don't even think necessarily it's just, oh, Tyler Hero has to go someplace. Like, I, I, and this is, again, this is not reporting. This is just me spitballing. I'm not reporting that this is something Portland is interested in, whatever. But, like, there, you know, what, what if there's a team out there that you could give Tyler Hero and that Miami 2024 pick too, and that makes it for you know basic basically like are there the, the the whole the whole idea would be that it, whatever the deal ends up being Portland would be the one that ends up with all of the best assets, but whether from Miami or from another team, and if some of those other assets like some of those other picks or swaps or whatever from Miami have to be sent to a third team also to make that happen, like that's another way that this could work. I don't know who that team would be or what the other stuff that would be going back to Portland would be, but kind of, it's kind of up to everybody besides Portland to get the price, get the, you know, ability to pay the price up to what the price is. Yeah. Danny Ainge, uh, trade for Tyler hero. That's, or, that's the call. or, or, or <laughs> he's Danny not going to do it. He, he wouldn't. The problem with the Utah deal is that they wouldn't include Lowry or Walker Kessler. And well, no, like, but, you, but if they put some of those Minnesota picks on the table, that's yeah, and Taylor Hendricks, the, the sure, guy yeah. they just took. Yeah, no, so, I yeah, think I, I think that yeah. I think those Minnesota picks are a lot more appealing than anything. Miami, and don't don't you also think that Danny Ainge would love to do it just to screw over Pat Riley? Yeah, the part of him, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> um, but also th- that's you're you're getting into disrespecting Anthony Edwards' territory, and that's a dangerous thing to do on the internet. So, um, it just like, uh, kid's a king. What if um, it's not? What if it's not Anthony Edwards? What if it's somebody that has been offered for both the third pick and for Damian Lillard that Portland has no interest in? Carl Anthony Towns facilitating magic. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well what, there's a lot of I get. I am skeptical. I'm like, like Sean, like I think this ends with Damian Lord in Miami. Uh, it's, it, it's, we are not there yet. Maybe we'll get there. And guess what? You'll be able to find it on the Rose Garden Report and also here on Lockdown Blazers. Sean, can I convince you to stick around for another episode uh, for maybe say Monday's show next week? Would you be willing to hang out with us? I could be talked into it. All right, stick around. Sean's going to be coming back on next next Monday's episode. 
make sure you listen then dear listeners tell your friends about this podcast available wherever you got podcasts and also on youtube i appreciate you listening come back for monday's show talk to you soon